Hey everybody, this is Paige Bierman, and you are listening to the Redeemed Women Podcast. I'm really excited for my conversation with Ava Parker. Ava is a member of Redeemer, has been an intern here, and is a college senior at Samford University. Ava and I talk a good bit about her decision to join the church as a college student and join a home group. We talk about some of the highs and lows of being the youngest in her group and really what the Lord has shown her through the home group model here at Redeemer. I just love Ava and it's such a treat getting to talk to her. So I hope you guys experienced the same sweetness that I did. Um, so take a listen. Hey Ava, welcome to the Redeemed Women podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to talk to you because I talk to you all the time. Yes. <laughs> I feel like maybe this podcast should be renamed to like Paige just talks to some of her favorite people. <laughs> um, not really, but sort of. Um, but for those people who don't know you, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, family, all of that? I'm from Orlando, Florida. I am a college student, so I'm a senior at Sanford right now. Um, and I have two younger siblings, a brother and a sister. Um, and basically I was just raised in a Christian family that wanted to love and pour in and serve me really, really well. My parents have modeled just that Christian parenting really well my entire life. Um, but I went to a Christian high school and was taught a lot about the Bible in high school and kind of used that a lot in my time at Samford. Sweet. So you're a senior at Samford. Mm -hmm. How did you find out about Redeemer? How did you start coming here? Which is funny for me to ask because obviously I met you freshman year. You did. So. You did meet me when I was 18. Um, so I think Redeemer is one of those churches that when you move to Birmingham as a freshman, it's one of the like talked about churches. Um, I like love that and hate that at the same time. Oh, like, I know. It's so <laughs> like being here, having been here for a while, like that's so bizarre to hear. But like, I know that and I'm so glad, like, obviously right. I want as many college students as possible to come here, but right. it's so bizarre. Well, okay. There's a reason for that. It's because Redeemer is as great as people say it is. But I think um, I am kind of the person where I like to forge my own paths mm. um, and I have like dreams and desires and things that I'm like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And coming into Birmingham, I think I had this goal of finding a church that I was like, I'm going to find that like hidden nugget church somewhere in Birmingham that no one else goes to and like start bringing people there. And so I remember a guy who was a junior at Samford when I was a freshman, like hyping a Redeemer up pretty much every time. I saw him and he talked about it and he was like, I just became a member. And I was like, okay, well, everyone goes to Redeemer. And so I think I had tried tons of other churches in the Birmingham area. And it wasn't until mid-October of my freshman year that someone finally was like, just come to Redeemer with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, because they knew I hadn't been finding a place that I really felt just like peace and pulled to. Um, and when I got to Redeemer, I remember walking through the doors and I just, I felt so at peace here. I just mm -hmm. felt like I belonged here and I just felt the Holy Spirit's presence here. Um, and I immediately told all my friends, I'm going to Redeemer. I'm going to go to Redeemer. And they were all like, wow, okay. I think cause you've been trying really hard not to go. Yeah. To <laughs> I mean, I hadn't specifically said that I was against it, but I think I had kind of wanted to, tr I think I'd been leaning toward a different church at that point, but it became, it came once I was here. Like I said, it was just like instant. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be here. So, Man. yeah, it was pretty much word of mouth to answer your question. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I remember meeting you because you interned. Yeah. Wait, was that, that was right before you left for Christmas break. It was. So like you had only been coming to Redeemer maybe a month or so? Two months, I think. Yeah, maybe a okay. month and a half. Um, I, it's, I, looking back, I'm like, who was 18 year old freshman Ava to be so bold? Um, but I am in a program at Sanford called the pre-ministerial scholars. Um, and part of the program is that they encourage you to get four internships throughout your time in college that are somewhat involved in a ministry in Birmingham. And so two of those internships have to be in a local church. And I knew going into college that that was a requirement. And I wanted to make it a point to intern in whatever church I had decided to attend okay. because I knew a lot of times if you interned at a church 
that you weren't attending, they kind of would like ask you to go to that church instead of, you know, interning there and going to a different church. And so I knew once I fell in love with Redeemer and just the people, I said, I really want to be an intern here. And so I went to Anna Harris, who, mm-hmm. you know her, she's I, two of my favorite women in Birmingham, you and Anna Harris. Um, but she was the pre-men coordinator at the time. And I said, hey, I really love Redeemer. I've decided to go there and I really want to intern at the church. And she said, okay, well, you know, I don't really know if they like have an internship program because there's some churches that have like really right. well-known internship programs in Birmingham. Um, but she said, I do know a guy that works there. Mm-hmm. His name's James Kling, and I'll contact him and see if they could use any help. And I was like, awesome. And next thing I know, I don't even remember how, but I was in the in the welcome in room. In the welcome room. With me and James. Being interviewed by you and James. <laughs> oh, the beginnings of a beautiful little relationship. I know. <laughs> um, and we actually do have an internship program now. Oh. You were like a hipster. Like oh my you, gosh, you came stop. in bef- you came in before it was like a thing. Oh my gosh. But we do now. I love to be a trailblazer, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um so that was really sweet and mm-hmm. you helped us a lot and you got to see a lot being I did. an intern. But I did. um one of the things you came to like separately was to join Redeemer as a member. Mm-hmm. Well, you kind of walk us like walk me through that yeah. decision because it didn't happen immediately. You came no. freshman year, and did you you joined the end of sophomore year? Is that right? Halfway through sophomore yeah. year. Okay, yeah. So, um, I think okay. One thing that I loved about Redeemer is that whenever you know when you work somewhere that you like really love and you start working there and then people will say like oh working somewhere you really love will ruin that place for you Mm -hmm. have you heard that before yeah once you see like how the sausage is made it's not yeah yeah and so like I worked at this one place in high school that was that exact experience and so I think um getting to Redeemer was nothing like that I think it made me love Redeemer more Mm -hmm. working here seeing the people who run the show basically um, and the heart behind the ministry to me was spoke volumes at how the Holy Spirit's working in this church. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I needed to be convinced by the staff. I don't think that was yeah. something I had considered or thought like, that's what's going to convince me to become a member, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that because that's what my experience was, I, I'll say like, I have an unusual experience as a college person in church because I like don't have a ton of college friends at Redeemer. I have mm-hmm. a few, like I have a ton of friends that go to Redeemer, mm-hmm. but I don't have like a college community at Redeemer. Uh, okay. I have, I mean, I, I do, but in a sense where like, I don't feel like my closest, closest friends at Sanford are my Redeemer friends. Okay. And so I think my real true relationships in this church came from the staff and mm-hmm. the people that I got to know working mm-hmm. here. And so of Which course, we're a good bit older than you. Exactly. Yeah. Like most of y'all 10 plus years yes. older than me. Um, watch out. Hold yeah, on. I know. Don't so, talk about my age. I mean, you and I, we, I we had one, one year in the twenties together. One year in the twenties. One together. glorious year it in the twenties. It was 20s. a great, it was a great, year. great year. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Becoming a member for me was not so much like all my friends are doing it, so mm-hmm. I have to do it. Actually, not many of my friends were doing it. Um, but I just I felt like my relationships and the place where I was receiving the most spiritual nourishment was at Redeemer. Um, and halfway through my sophomore year is when I decided to become a member, like I said. And I think I love my home church in Orlando. And I think part of my thought process was I'm getting more fed currently at this stage in my life at Redeemer. I'm Mm -hmm. at Redeemer every Sunday except for the seven or eight Sundays I'm at home in Orlando. And I'm at Redeemer and I have my community there. I have my friends who go there and I have the staff that I'm really close with and who I've like been so impressed by. And I think my thought process was it's only natural for me to become a member of the place that is currently nourishing mm-hmm. me. Um, so that was kind of my thought process behind it. I think that can be kind of hard. I remember like thinking through those things when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, which was not that insanely long ago. No, it was not. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but 
I think that can be a really hard tug, though. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I don't know. Like, and I see that a good bit, given that I oversee our membership process. Like, mm-hmm. how? Like, did it? Did it feel difficult? Like, I know you talked about how, like, currently Redeemer was like feeding you and like really the primary. Mm-hmm church family that you were connected to right but I mean like just knowing you like your mom was working at the time at my church at home. your home mm-hmm. church so like did was that like painful or like was it difficult was there was there a conversation there about uh, it it wasn't painful I think for me I felt bad asking mm-hmm. um my parents I because th- it's the church I was raised in yeah my whole life and I have a loyalty to it of course like I do get excited to go home and go to my home church um of course, yeah. and I love the people and they have as well spiritually nourished me most of my life but I remember calling my mom and asking her one day I said hey I think I'm going to become a member at Redeemer and she was just like oh, I think that's a great idea yeah <laughs> I don't think so there, there was ever an argument okay. about it or any okay. concern the only thing I remember one time was my mom since my mom like you said she was the children's on the children's ministry team at Mm -hmm. my home church for a while when I was in college. Um, I am in college, but when early, earlier in college she was, um, and she, when she works there, you have access to seeing like each member and like the family members within that there's like a, you know, a system that that all falls into. And so at one point, I think for some reason she had to look up something in my family. And when she looked it up. It came up with like my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister. And then I was not on the list. And I think she ended up, I remember her telling me at one point, like, that was kind of weird. Like you weren't, your name wasn't on our membership list anymore. And I was like, yeah. And I think I went through a brief, brief period where I thought, can I maintain dual membership, you know, but there have been a handful of people Mm -hmm. for some like very specific reasons that have done that. Right. Yeah. But I just think my circumstances weren't extenuating enough for me to be like this is the real like I have to do this you know um I really truly felt pulled just to be a member here and I wanted to make my community here and I think like I said because I didn't have like a ton of college friends that were like my community here I think I wanted that more Mm -hmm. I wanted to I thought becoming a member was going to be the way to really find community in the church okay Mm -hmm. was it it has been yeah. in, a, in a very unexpected way. <laughs> I will say, um, I don't know what I, th- I think I thought, oh, I'm going to become a member. I'm going to join a home group and it'll just go from there. Um, but I it, had, it took some work. It took some work. It takes legwork. I mean, no matter what happens, it takes yeah. legwork to be a member of a church and find community in the church. Um, but I mean, my roommate is also a member at Redeemer. We actually became members at the same time, um, but we weren't roommates then. So we were like, we were friends, but not roommates, but she and I became members together and have both been placed in separate home groups. And I think we've talked about it before, but it's kind of a struggle being a college student, mm-hmm. at least for both. We're both the only college student in our home groups mm-hmm. up until recently. Another college student just joined mine, but that was a challenge. How so? Like what was challenging about it? Um, I think the challenging part was feeling inadequate, which mm. no one ever told me that I was. I just naturally felt that way because I'm younger and all of these older, wiser, more experienced people are in this home group with me and they're like, yeah, can you pray for me? I'm you know, trying to find a new job or can you pray for me? My brother's going through chemotherapy and I'm like can you pray for me I have a paper due next week you know there's this there's this dichotomy there's this contrast and I I think it was maybe my pride or maybe just my feelings of inadequacy but I struggled because I was like gosh I feel like such a spoiled brat talking about (laughs) my paper due next week you know I I mean I hear you on that like I get that Mm -hmm. I think you know I'm trying to think of, like, how to best package it. Like, kind of understandably so. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, not necessarily with age, but a lot of times with age come more, like, complicated issues. Right. With, like, marriages or babies or family, whatever. Not necessarily. There are plenty of college students who have walked through some very serious Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But I think kind of on the flip side, 
I had a college student in our, like we had one in our home group as well. Um, and I was so immense. I mean, well, and you're not in my home group, but like even just having a relationship with you, like I'm so immensely thankful for you guys because it's been a minute since I've been a college student. Like it's been a minute since I've had essays due and papers due and Mm -hmm. exams and formals and just all of the things that come with being a college student. And so I think I can grow just kind of like, you know, like most people, you just kind of like think about what's happening in your own life. Like you just become even more inward and surround Mm -hmm. yourself by even more people who look and experience a lot of the same things as you. And so Mm -hmm. like having, you know, you in my life or um, the girl's name was Julia in our home group. Mm -hmm. Like it just made me like think outside of myself and like not once did I ever think like, ugh, like finals, you know, like, oh yeah, like I could see where you would feel a little like, oh, like they're sharing about marriage issues and I'm talking about a paper, but like, that's what's important in your life. And like, that's valuable. Right. And that's what I think, but like I said, no one in my home group ever made me feel that way. It was like an internal thing. Yeah, it was an internal thing. And I think it was just that feeling of maybe incompetency. I don't know. But looking back, my home group has always supported me so well with my silly little requests. Like, (laughs) you know, like I think, and to me, I, and then like I say they're silly little requests, but to them, they're like, well, this is what's going on in her life. We're going to be praying. Mm -hmm. But my home group leaders have always followed up with me and been like, how was that test you had last week? How was, oh, that's really sweet. I mean, seriously, the Krogs guards, they're amazing. Shout out to the Krogs guards, but <laughs> they would always and still have followed up and been like, how's this going? How's that going? If I like, I'm in the middle of a test season, they're like, how's midterms, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're so good at that. And I never felt inadequate by anything that was said or done within the context of the home group it was just my own insecurity that made me feel that way um I think that's a really good word to like for me as a home group leader but also to anyone else who is listening mm -hmm. who leads a group um Mm -hmm. just recognizing that someone in your group could be feeling that way and like going above and beyond to be like no like your concerns are concerns of ours. Like that is being the body of Christ. Mm. Like that is so what I felt though. That's the thing. Yeah. Not even like within my home group. Yes. But still within the church here, mm-hmm. like just with you and James and the friends I have here and the people on staff that I got to know my freshman and sophomore year. Now I'm a senior. And every time I see them, they're like, how's school? How are you doing? What's mm-hmm. your thoughts for next year? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel so cared for yeah. by the people that I know here because they know that I've invested my time here and they know that, and even if I hadn't, they would still love me, you know, they've been so supportive. Um, so yeah, I think the home group thing was just my own personal, like your own personal, just like insecurity for the first little bit, but it's funny after, so it was my I don't know. Yeah, spring of my junior year, I started before COVID. Mm-hmm. So like this year, but like January, February, I started going back when I got home from Jan term and had such, I mean, I think I like, cause you know, we have step sing and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I didn't go for like two weeks there. And I think right after step sing ended, I went to one or two home groups. And one of the things that one of the families in my home group said to me was we were sitting around and it was a really small group that night. I remember, I don't even think the Krogs guards were there. I think it was just like one of those weird Mm -hmm. weeks where it was like at someone else's house and we were all sitting around and I said something. I don't even remember what I said, but I remember one of the guys looked at me and he goes, you should come more often. Why don't you come more often? And he looked me in the eyes and said that because he knew, because something I'd said had been like, I think profound or whatever. And I mean, I think profound or whatever, you know, (laughs) no, not like that, but I think his reason for saying that was like, Ava, that was good. Yeah. You should come more often. Yeah. And I like took that so to heart. I still think about that. Someone looked me in the eyes and told me you should be here more often. Like you have value. Like we want to hear from you. And I had never felt that. I mean, they'd always, you know, I think it took that one that -hmm. was like the drive it home thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that made me like, why? don't I fully invest myself? Because I think, of course, when you're in college, there is that 
really, that is a struggle of like, oh, I have a really big test tomorrow. I should probably stay back and study or oh, my sorority is having this event. I should probably do this. And that is something that I really let myself fall into a pattern of at least I would say probably fall of my junior year was the worst because I had only been in my home group for a semester. I didn't feel as invited as I like wanted to feel. And so I said, I'm just checking out. I'm going to go when it's convenient for me. And then when it's not convenient for me, I'm just going to not go. Mm -hmm. And at one point, my home group leader noticed that I hadn't been coming recently. And she reached out and we got coffee. Mm -hmm. And she kind of sat and talked with me about, not at all in like a condemning way, but she was like, how are you doing? How's school? And I ended up telling her how hard it had been that semester. I just switched my major. I was undergoing a lot of stress with school and just new things that were happening. And she really spoke truth to me. And I remember feeling like, okay, I haven't even come in like a month and she cares about me enough to say, where have you been? We want to hear from you. We want to, we want to be your community. We want to shepherd you well. And that to me also just spoke volumes. Yeah. Like they didn't have to do that. Yeah. But they did. They chose to. And I think, I mean, one of the things that you know, I, th- I think when I was, like, younger, mm-hmm. I remember, like, when Josh and I were dating, mm-hmm. he would, like, be so, obviously, he's, like, so sweet. He was mm-hmm. he would, like, compliment me or, like, give me words of affirmation mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Like, you're doing so great or, like, you look beautiful. And I remember yeah. being, like, um, I'm fine. Like, you don't have to, like, you, I don't need that. Like, I'm confident. It's fine. I do that, too. You know? <laughs> yes. And then... Honestly, the older I get, the more I'm like, so tell me nice things, <laughs> you know, but I say all of that because I think far be it from us to like hold in the compliments, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like what your home group leader and what that guy in your home group did were just like compliment you, like yeah, reminding you and telling you like, I so value what you have to say. And I, I think that's so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. Because you were so up in your head. Like, I was so in my you head. You were so in your head. I like, know. should I go? I don't know if I belong. Like, what do I even bring to the table? And, like, mm-hmm. just those two people reaching out and saying, like, Simple we miss sentences. you. Yeah. Or, like, I want you to share. Yeah. Like, that roped you back in. And so, yes. you know, I think. It was the affirmation. Yeah. Like, literally just speaking kind mm-hmm. words over someone. Like, if you think kind words, why not share them? You know? Yeah. Like, why not? Um. So you committed back. I did. And then COVID happened. So I was like, I'm all in. I'm going to go every week. I have felt, and it's funny that that was that one thing that was said to me that made me feel that way. But Mm -hmm. I did. I felt so invited. That was almost a year ago and you still remember it. Yeah. Like it must have been quite powerful, even though he didn't even know it would have that effect. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so I, you know, I went, I think, that week, and then maybe there were two more weeks after that, and then COVID hit. Mm. And I, well, I mean, I went on spring break, and I was in Orlando with my family on spring break, and then COVID hit, and... You were stuck. I was stuck in Orlando, and, but, you know, they had home group over Zoom anyway, so we Zoomed every week, and every week that I was available, which was, you know, pretty much every week, because what else do you have to do in a global (laughs) pandemic? (laughs) I was on Zoom, and I would sit in my room, and my childhood bedroom and they'd be like so what's going on in your life and at one point my grandma got COVID and my grandma yeah yeah yeah, she has lung cancer also so it was really scary and so at one point it was like maybe the same day I had found out that she had it um she's fine now by the way um but I remember getting on zoom and just being so just worried and I kind of went on there and just unloaded and I was like guys I'm so worried my grandma has COVID I'm scared because it was right at the beginning of her finding out and I was like she's lung cancer I don't know how like we don't even know how long she has to begin with and this is just one other added thing and they were they checked back in like I had multiple people from my home group text me later that week and say how's your grandma doing Mm -hmm. they didn't have to do that And we're all so far apart from each other. We're all in such a weird season, but they did that. And I think just the consistency that they had with me, even when I lacked the consistency to show up. Oof, that'll Really, (laughs) really really to me was like, this is the church. The church is showing love and compassion in times of inconsistency. 
mm-hmm. in my own life. And mm-hmm. I think I have really been convicted by that mm-hmm. in the best way. Yeah. I know I, I was thinking about the verse that's like, and they'll know us by the way that we love yes. one another. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, that's exactly like you just said. Like, that's the church. Like, they showed up and were yeah. willing to listen. Um, that's what the church is supposed to do. And to me, I think in my own experience of the church from the time that I was born till now, I think that is one of the best examples I can think of mm-hmm. in my own life. Just like, if you know me, you know, I'm a very enthusiastic person. Mm-hmm. I like to be involved in lots of things. I I just get excited about doing everything. And I think my excitement to get involved overtook kind of my ability to commit within mm-hmm. my first few years of college. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to become a member at Redeemer until it got hard. Yeah. And then it got hard and I was like, gosh, you know, I have to go to this home group now. I felt like, for lack of a better word, like saddled by just like yeah. the home group I had to go to. And then my inconsistency did not breed anger or bitterness on their part. It bred like such kindness mm-hmm. and tenderness towards mm-hmm. me because they realized that I was having a hard time. Yeah. And I mean, they could have they could have been like, you need to come more in a condemning way, but they weren't. They were so encouraging to me, even when I was like, yeah, I can't come, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have this or that, whatever. Yeah. So. That's really sweet. I love that. I mean, and seeing as I do a lot of stuff with membership and home group, my Mm -hmm. heart is overflowing. Way to go, Krogs Guards. Um, Yeah. I forgot to say that, though. One of the things that I actually, what made me want to become a member was, I think at some points I read a lot of membership packets and just I, information would put information into I would, the spreadsheet yeah. yes and I I just think at one point if maybe it was Jeff had me edit this really really long membership packet that was like this is what we stand for oh, as no, members it was yep. oh it was Matt okay yep. yeah, yeah I couldn't remember who it was yep. um and I edited that for him and I had to read every single word and it was like 70 Our home group training manual yeah. yes it was mm-hmm. like 70 something pages long and I read it and I think this was either right before I became a member or maybe during my process yeah. of becoming a member. And as I read it, I remember thinking, okay, I stand behind, behind like everything yeah. that's being said here. And I so affirm the church. And I, that's one thing I wanted to add because I felt that that checked out for me as well mm-hmm. within the church. Mm-hmm. So that's really sweet. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of on the tail end, I sadly, I know. of your college <laughs> career. You'll be flying, flying the nest very oh. soon. Mm-hmm. Looking back, is there mm-hmm. anything like what advice would you give to an incoming freshman or like an underclassman? Okay, so I think what I said earlier about consistency and getting really excited mm-hmm. is something I'd like to <laughs> really pull out. So I, like I said, freshman year, I am as excited as they come. I'm an Enneagram 7. Um, <laughs> I came in basically like, I'm so excited to do everything. And my freshman year, I wanted to join every possible thing that I could that I was passionate about. And one thing that happened to me my freshman year, which is like not a huge deal anymore, but at the time was really wounding for me, was I rushed and ended up not getting a bid to the sorority I wanted to be in. Mm. And so therefore, I was independent for all of my freshman year. And not a big deal now. I'm like... Plenty of people don't do Yeah. But looking back, I think that might have been a place where that bred so much insecurity in my heart when I got to Sanford. Mm. Because then I started to feel like, well, if I can't, I had kind of imagined the sorority as the end all be all of where my existence would be. And I look back at it, realizing that it when before I had even become a part of a sorority, it had become an idol in my own eyes. I had idolized how it would provide community and friendships for me. Mm -hmm. I'd idolized like, I'm going to find like really great spiritual sisterhood and like a Bible study. And I think that's, those are all great things to want, but I had put that before my desire for the Lord to work Mm -hmm. in my life, even if it meant not being in a sorority. And so I came in guns blazing, wanted to do everything and like was so excited about joining whatever I could. And when that happened, it struck me really hard and knocked me down for a while. Mm -hmm. And that whole semester, I think I walked around with this, like, I don't even know, like not chip on my shoulder. That's not the right word, but I just felt 
burdened by the weight of what I perceived as my own like unwantedness yeah. I think yeah um and I struggled with that for a really long time my freshman year and so I think because of that because of my enthusiasm paired with that rejection I went in thinking I am going to join everything possible so that I can find the community I'm lacking yeah that I didn't get in the sorority yeah when I'm imagining like already coming into freshman year mm-hmm. like you like a lot of people just do that like yes. a lot of people are like I mean because it's the first time you're away and for many people exactly. you don't come in with any friends either and yeah. so like it's already a desire to just like do anything and everything to make friends mm-hmm. but then yeah on top of like one thing not working out I could imagine that just being like a huge burden of like I have to find friends I have to like be involved yeah Oof. exactly it it made me feel like kind of this race against the clock mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way that mm-hmm. there was no clock, but like, I felt like I had to prove myself, I yeah. think, because I couldn't do it by being in Greek life. And so I was, like I said, over-involved. I, and my parents are probably listening to this, like snaps, like, yes, Ava, yes. because they told me <laughs> so many times I was overcommitted. And, um, I, was so overcommitted. I tried to join so many different things. Every ministry that existed on campus, I was like, yeah, I'm all in, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Like yeah, I it's said. it's not a bad thing to be involved in a ministry and, or and a like Bible And like you study. said, yeah. that's like the freshman way. You come yeah. in, you like seek out what you want. And I think all of college is an experiencing, is this an experience of narrowing down. Yeah. I think that's what college is. Um, and no one told me that. So I came in with this really wide berth of like, I'm going in and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to stick with them all four years. And I pictured myself being involved in everything the entire time. But actually it was just a narrowing down mm-hmm. of what was going to be important to me and how the Lord was going to use my college experience in my own life by the time I graduated. And so kind of one of my things I would say to a freshman or just any underclassman is know that college is a narrowing down. I think I didn't know that. And I came in thinking it was going to be this consistent streamlined experience of where you have a meeting every night. Yes. Yeah. And I could somehow also balance taking 18 credit hours every semester, you know, like somehow I was going to be able to do it all. But you you can't do it all. I'm yeah. going to tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's, you know, something I'd love to talk about with you. I think, you know, there are wonderful on-campus ministries mm-hmm. to be involved in. Redeemer has. Mm-hmm. A, oh, the college ministry. The college Redeemer ministry. Yeah, like mm-hmm. legit. Um, Shout out to Craig. <laughs> way to go, Craig and Chase. Um, oh, yeah, Chase too. Um, but then you got actually more involved within a home group. So like there are a mm-hmm. lot of different yeah. just like Christian opportunities to mm-hmm. get involved in. And yeah. I think like like we said, like it's not a bad desire no. to want to be in a Bible study. No, not at um, all. or be involved in a ministry. But like yeah, I see a lot of like, okay, well I'm involved in these two campus ministries, plus mm-hmm. I do a Bible study through you know, college ministry redeemer. Plus I want to be in a home group. And I'm like, dude, that's four nights a week of Bible studies, like ministries and ministries. Like that's a lot. That's a lot. So like how, I don't, I mean, and this is very subjective. This is Ava. Like obviously there are tons of ways to navigate Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. But how did you start discerning like, okay, I am going to do this or I'm not going to do this. Like, how did you discern that? I, And this all happened, I think, my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I really had to recognize where I felt most. I think at the time, what I wanted was to go where I felt most loved Mm. because it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so, and also where I had the most friends because that was most comfortable as well. Mm -hmm. So those two things were what I wanted to do and what I sought out. And so... I was going to a college ministry on campus on Wednesday nights. And then I was also, I had just joined the home group on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I, oh, and then I had a Kayo Bible study on, because I ended up, to yeah, backtrack, you, I ended yeah. up getting in a sorority my sophomore year. I ended up, I had a Kayo. One of the greatest, one of the greatest joys. Oh, yes, for Paige. I, I also felt like Kayo. I had to relive Rush again, and it was so fun. I remember that. But once again, hearkening back to what Ari said, like, 
having you in my life, like, I could have been very eye-rolly about Rush. Because mm-hmm. really, like... It is. When you back up and you take a big picture view of life, like <laughs> rush and recruitment is just, it's a week and it's whatever. And like you've yeah. already said, like being involved in Greek life, it could be literally nothing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it is so important to so many people at, in that given time. And so, oh, yeah. you know, like I didn't want to be like eye rolly of like, whatever, you're going to be fine whether you get in a sorority or not, yes. which is true. You would be fine. Oh, yeah. You totally. had already learned that lesson. Oh, I had learned that lesson. I Actually, at the end of my freshman year, I decided I wasn't going to rush again. Yeah, then a friend, I was totally stoked. Uh, yeah. Like, not stoked. I was stoked, but surprised when you're like, yes. can you write me a wreck? Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but once again, like, part of having you in my life was, like, realizing and remembering, like, oh, yeah, that used to be really important to me, too. Yeah. Like, it was something yeah. I really cared about, and it was something that was edifying for me. So, like, yeah. It's not the end-all, be-all. Right. But But having different people in your life in different stages and, like... It's important. Yeah, it's important. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, like, reminded me. And I started getting... I mean, yeah, I felt all sorts of maternal. That I was nervous. (laughs) My home group was praying. We were praying. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. Yes. I had multiple people text me on bid day. And they're like, did she get what she wanted? I was like, she got it. I remember (laughs) I had a fashion show for you in the church. I, like, tried on dresses for you. Yes. You brought your rush clothes. And um, I remember... There was, like, a certain pair of shoes that was going to go with a dress, and you wanted one pair of shoes, and I was like, I don't know that those fit. I think you need to do another. And your mom was like, thank you for telling her that. Like, (laughs) it was definitely the right call. Um, You and my mom are the same person sometimes. It's so funny. (laughs) But you were saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. I totally interrupted. But once again, like... I just think it's so vitally important. It's it's not just for you being around older people. It's also, like, important for older people to be around younger. Like, there can just be this mentality. I see it all the time on my Instagram, and it drives me nuts. Now that I'm in, like, the young kid's mom phase of life. Right. Like, this idea of, like, you know, I see memes, and it's, like, you know, my friend who doesn't have kids saying she's tired, and the girl's, like, rolling her eyes. And I'm, like, wait, like, people who don't have kids can be tired. Yeah. Like, that's not, like, an exclusively parent thing, you know? Yeah. I think just having people in my life to remind me, like, I'm not, it's not, like, all about me or my phase of life. Exactly. Um, So, way caveat. You're saying narrowing down, you wanted to go with friends and... Well, yeah. And I think what you were just saying actually like points back to what I was ultimately trying to say that Mm -hmm. I wanted to go. I think what I thought I needed was where my friends are and where I feel loved. That's what you want in college. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of sought that out. So I said I was going to a Cayo Bible study Tuesdays, campus ministry Wednesdays, um, home group Thursdays, and then who knows what I... I think Monday, what Friday, who knows what I was doing. So. I had those three nights out of the week where I was involved in some some sort of ministry or something. And I think at one point I recognized, and it was when I started going to my home group more consistently, that it wasn't about where I felt loved and comfortable and all my friends were surrounding me. It's easy to fall into that mindset mm-hmm. in college thinking, well, this is what I feel good doing, so I might as well just mm-hmm. keep doing it. Um, I really had to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to gain in this season? Like, where do you want me to, what do you want me to learn, I guess? Mm -hmm. And I, looking back, like, I don't think I recognized this at the time, but looking back, I felt kind of, I struggled with my home group because I felt convicted and I felt not comfortable. Like, I wasn't. It wasn't like. No, I wasn't the fun and cute little college student with all her friends like giggling during, you know, campus ministry. I was there and I was the only college student and everyone else around me was married with kids or young and single working post-grad. And I was like, not that at all. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't fun and cute and giggly. It was hard. And there was seasons where I was like, but this isn't, this doesn't feel easy. So it must not be right. I must have made a mistake. You know, I think I fell into the trap of thinking that way, but it turns out that that was really what I needed to show Mm -hmm. me what the church is and to help me. Like I said, the whole narrowing down thing, it's not about, okay, I, 
I didn't feel loved in the beginning I because I didn't know them. I didn't even give them a chance to know me before I ripped them off. I think I yeah. said, well, you know, I've gone for a semester and I don't feel totally comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not going to go as much anymore because I don't feel loved there. But to be honest, I mean, I had like college is such a short season that it's like, how can you compare one semester of not being loved in this one thing to a semester of experiencing like such, I don't know. Not, I'm not going to say like, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, I'm trying to find the word for it. Like fickle love almost, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because college is such a fleeting season. It's like the college ministry is there to just like pour into you, pour into you, pour into you. And then you leave and it's, it's over. And I think the home group to me, as I look back, was like, this is enduring because they they know that I'm I am a college student, but that's not how they describe me. Yeah. They see me as an equal. At least yeah. I learned that later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't feel that way at the time. But like you said, with the whole I didn't it didn't it didn't feel comfortable at first, but I had to learn very quickly not very quickly, very slowly, I had to learn that it's not about where I feel loved. It's not about where I feel most comfortable. It's not about where my friends go or who the most popular person in the room is. It's like, I'm going because this is going to challenge me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I needed at the time. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we say in home group leader training all the time, and when I talk about home groups, I say this all the time, like, there will be seasons in home group where it is water downhill. Mm. You are clicking and people are showing up and it is easy peasy and we are just jiving. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, praise God for those seasons. They're so fun. And then there will be seasons of like real hardship and like people experience hard things. Attendance could kind of go up and down. Mm -hmm. You could have to meet outside wearing masks in the cold, you know, like there can be a lot of challenge that comes with it. But I think kind of what you were saying when this is a roundabout way of getting to what I was actually going to say, <laughs> um, there can be this thought that home group is all about you yes, and that, um, and I mean, I'm talking specifically about home groups at Redeemer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I think you could fill in the blank for pretty much yeah. anything regarding mm-hmm. community. If that's where you're if a Bible study or campus ministry or whatever, if that's where you're getting your community, mm-hmm. but there can be this thought that it's all about you. And so when you're not feeling it, or maybe you feel really good that day. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, I don't need the encouragement today, so I'm just going to stay home. That's where it's like, no, someone else might need you to be there mm-hmm. to hear what you have to say. Or maybe you feel good and you filled up, you feel filled up today so that you can pour out for the other people in your home group. Right. Um, and, you know, then on the flip side, maybe you don't feel good that day. And you're like, um, I'm maxed out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel close with the Lord. So I'm not going to go to home group because I have no th- nothing to offer. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what if that's the reason you do need to go to home group? Because someone mm-hmm. else is filled up that day They're gonna and can pour out to you, you know. Yeah. And so, yes, I obviously really hope that home group or Bible study or where it, wherever it is that people mm-hmm. are plugged in. Um, in community. Um, I hope that, you know, it is edifying and encouraging and you do feel loved and all of that. But I think it's so important to remember it's not all about you. Right. No, it's not. It's about other people too. And it the is. community and us caring for one another. Yeah. Um, I think your home group displayed that really well. And that when you were like, I don't know what I have to offer. I don't know where I fit here. They were like, Ava, we need you. Like, come, come back. back. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really sweet. I think what you said about it's about me, that's another, I mean, this is a mindset for everyone, but I think a lot of college caters to you. Um, mm. One thing that I remember feeling, I, I went to Israel my junior year of college um, on study abroad. When I came back, I remember feeling so, it wasn't my junior year, it was my sophomore year. What am I saying? <laughs> when, I, when I came back from Israel, I... I remember having this revelation one day, I don't even know what it was about going to Israel that made me feel this way, but I think it made me just think, okay, college is so self-serving. Like you go in and 
It's like, what do I want to major in? Who do I want to be friends with? Where do I want my community to be planted? And it becomes more of a season of convenience. Mm. And there are things that the, there are ways that the Lord can refine you in that. But looking back, I was so convicted when I realized how much of a season of like me it was and what my desires were. And it didn't, it wasn't obvious to me at the time, but I remember thinking the people around me and just the, the way that I was living was not the mindset that I had pictured myself having in college because it becomes a season of convenience, I think. And wanting to be like wanting your life to be as convenient as possible. Um, and I don't think that's a, it's not always a bad thing, but it teaches you something. Yeah. I mean, like there's a reason that during those four years, like there are a lot of things like you're trying to figure out what you're going to major in, what you want to do the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those friendships yeah. are lifelong. So like, who are these friends? I mean, yeah. yeah, none of that's inherently wrong, but do you think there's a way to like kind of fight against that since there are so many things that are geared toward like mm-hmm. you your convenience that kind of stuff like is yeah. there a way to fight against that or like is there anything that you have done to like maybe it's scripture or something like that mm-hmm. to kind of wage war against the I'm just going to feed myself care about myself yeah. mentality I think it's thinking outside of the season you're currently in, mm. for me at least, um, and praying outside of that season, mm. if that makes sense. Um, actually, a funny thing that happened at the beginning of 2020 was I like to pray like a phrase or a word over every semester when I come into school. And um, my prayer coming, there's this worship song I love called Nineveh. Um, I forget the guy who sings it, but... Um, it's just the song is like, I'll go to Nineveh if that's where you lead me. Like, that's mm-hmm. where I'm going to go because you've called me there. Um, and it goes back to, you know, like Jonah not wanting to go to Nineveh, that kind of thing. Um, and I came in beginning of my spring semester, my junior year, and I heard that song somehow and I loved it. And I was like, Lord, I want you to show me your Nineveh, like wherever it is, lead me. And I think at the time I was referring more specifically to like my summer plans, like, Mm -hmm. oh, am I going to do this internship or am I going to go back to camp where I love? And, you know, I think at the like January, February, I was like praying that. And, um, so I, that praying outside the season, I was like, Lord, take me to your Nineveh, take me to the place Mm -hmm. where like, I wouldn't expect you to take me, but you want me to be right now. And he put me in Orlando, Florida with my family <laughs> for six months. Yeah. Um, and he put everyone in a really uncomfortable position. So, of course, it was not just me. So we have you to thank. Yes. We have you to thank that we I all am went the to reason Nineveh. that COVID-19 has <laughs> taken over the world. Um, no, I, I think just in general, thinking about the times that I've really felt like I can draw something from the season I'm in or look back and think like, God, you showed me so much is when I've been actively praying and I've been Mm. actively, actively, actively (laughs) seeking the Lord and asking him to show me his goodness and show me his mercy, even when I don't necessarily deserve it and things Mm -hmm. like, and things like that. Just, I prayed that prayer and that's just an example. I prayed that prayer for my own good, for my own convenience, for my own like, Lord, what do you want my summer plans to be? Like, do you want me to go to camp or do you want me to do this internship? Like, Lord, show me. And then, I mean, I just... He answered. He answered. I was so naive. And I said, Lord, put me in the place. I think I actually prayed, put me in a place that, like, is hard for me to go. But, like, you will show me that that's, like, where I need to be. I was not expecting him to put me back at home, you know? And nor was anyone else. But that, to me, was like, girl think outside of yourself yeah that I look back at that and I was like thank God for that but even in your prayer mm-hmm. in your prayer to I think this is like incredibly wise I'm like oh dang like how's this 21 year old like so flipping wise but Stop. <laughs> um even in your prayer and you saying like it was kind of a short-sighted prayer like yes I was thinking summer and wow it ended up being so much bigger than that like really he big. was so yeah. faithful and good to answer exactly I mean, he answered your prayer he did you know and, and so I think like even even when our minds can't even like fathom what we're actually praying mm-hmm. like God is faithful to answer and oh, God is yeah. faithful 
um, to hear you. Um, yeah. And he's for your good. Um, exactly. And I think that I think that's a fantastic answer um, about like college students and not just college students. Like we all like. I can be so self-centered. Like, we all can. Like, we all mm-hmm. really do just care a lot about ourselves. Oh, yeah. And so, like, praying to that end of, like, God, like, help me think of others. Help me mm-hmm. think outside of myself and, like, my little bubble. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, even sitting here talking about it is convicting me because I say that, like, oh, this is this is when I see him working the most in my life. But do I fail to do that every single season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about it, but it's not something I've perfected. Oh, no. No. And you might never. No, I don't think I it's ever like will. I don't think anyone ever waging will. Of, yeah. Waging of war. Um, but yeah. Hey, this is really, like, good, and I'm just super proud of you. Thank you. Like, you're 21. Thank you. Do you, wanna, you don't want to know what I was doing when I was 21. Never mind. Okay. I was going to say, do you want to know what I was doing when 21? Well, you, it wasn't praying this. You were engaged when you were my age. Right? Because you, you told yes, me like two weeks was, ago. Yes. Yeah. I got engaged at 21 and got married at 22. Yeah. Oof. I mean, so did my mom, so. Oof. So yeah. actually, maybe I was like trying, I was trying to be faithful and obedient as a disciple of Christ it. at 21. Yeah. I was trying. Yeah. Oof. But 18 and 19 year old me was definitely not doing that. It's okay. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, look at, he did. And I think one other thing that to me has been so helpful and another piece of advice for college underclassmen is find someone who's a really strong and wise spiritual mentor because I when I came into Redeemer this is another thing about convenience came in looking for my own like internship needs to be served and I found a mentorship in you and in James and like never and I tell my friends all the time I have this really funny friendship with a 30-year-old mom with two kids and a 40-something-year-old man named James. And I have the funniest <laughs> friendship with you guys. And I think it's so sweet. And that's one thing I never thought to pray for in college, mm-hmm. but the Lord gave me. And mm-hmm. another thing I would say is that the Lord will give you things you're, you don't ask for. Yeah. He'll, he'll give you things you never thought to pray for. Yeah. And that will be the, the sweetest gifts of college are yeah. those things. So well, I think that's yeah. just like the moral of this entire podcast. Yes. Like everything you said is like... The Lord's good and he's faithful and, um, yeah, like we need you like college students Mm -hmm. to show us, like show us different ways to pray, show us different things that you're learning, just like you need us. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason we're 10 years older, right? Like we've experienced probably some things you haven't. And so, um, yeah, I think. But you've lived Lindsay. through the season of life that we're yeah. in, and so you can recognize it. Like, recognize and just have perspective. Yeah. It's hard to have perspective when you're in it. It's like bringing right. home a newborn baby. Like, you're, mm. you're like, are, am I ever going to sleep again? <laughs> and the answer is yes. You yeah. will sleep again, mm-hmm. but it's hard to have perspective while you're in it. Right. Um, and so that's why you need other people, like cheerleaders around you going like, it's going to be fine. This is actually short-lived. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay, yeah. you know. Um, well, for real. So thankful for you and Thank your fam you, and you're so sweet. your ministry and your friendship and that you mm-hmm. babysit my kids. I do. And just I love your stuff. kids. <laughs> I love your kids so much. They're amazing. <laughs> well, they love you. So um, thanks a lot, Ava. Of course. Thank you're you for having me. Of course. I enjoyed this. Of course. <laughs>